Hey everyone and welcome to Developer Tea. My name is Jonathan Cottrell and today I'm continuing my interview with Scott Belsky. If you missed the first part of the interview, go to developertea.com and check it out or better yet, subscribe to the show and you can find that interview in your favorite podcast app or on iTunes podcast directory or in the RSS feed, which you can also find at developertea.com. I really enjoyed my interview with Scott. If you didn't hear the first part, Scott is the VP of Products and Community at Adobe, and he also was a co-founder of Behance back in 2006, uh, and he is also an author, just a ton of other things that he has going on. Uh, so let's get to the second part of the interview with Scott Belsky. While you're listening to this part, make sure you tweet at Scott, and if you have not yet subscribed to the show, do so in your favorite podcasting app. Let's get to the interview. So most of the people listening to the show consider themselves uh, programmers, developers, whatever you want to call that. We we code uh, as the uh, our primary means of creation on on a day to day basis, uh, and our culture, at least the digital creation culture, especially if you're working for a startup or uh, even more so if you're working in an agency environment, uh, the culture kind of says that. The programmers and the developers are not necessarily creative uh, like designers are or uh, like the, um, I don't know, product creators are. Um, And I I don't agree with that uh, for a few fundamental reasons. And I talk about this in a book that I'm working on. Uh, I talk about the difference in constructive creativity uh, and then in... um, visionary creativity. So you have constructive creativity, which is what we as software developers work in. Uh, We're working in more concrete terms. And then you have visionary creativity uh, where the concrete terms are not defined yet. Uh, What would you say is the best way to describe this kind of creativity uh, for developers? And how can developers work better uh, with visionaries to understand the things that they need on a day-to-day basis? Well, it's a really good question. I mean, first of all, I've always defined creativity as a genuine interest combined with initiative. So you have something that you really love. Um, and if you have a real deep sense of initiative, you're going to just continue to play with it and innovate with it and push it to its edges. And, and that's create that's creation. Um, when it comes to uh, you know the relationships between developers and you know their teams and the roles that developers play in projects, it's hard to generalize because I've worked with so many different types of engineers and designers, and people assume different roles. But if I were to try to generalize a few takeaways, you know, it would certainly be that um, when you work with someone, an engineer, you know, someone who on the development side of the project who is um, who really believes that there's a way to do everything, you know, and it may be very expensive and it may be um, very time consuming and it may not be scalable, but there's a way to do everything. That's such a, an attitude that adds value to the chemistry of a project, very much like an improv when they teach you never to say no, you know, when you're doing improv with people, you, mm-hmm. you're, the golden rule is never say no, always say yes. And, if you say something, I just want to take it to a new plane. I say, yeah, and, and then I like bring it to a new place. Mm-hmm. And similarly, you know, to, to evolve a, you know, a great relation, great chemistry in a, in a creative project, oftentimes it is the developer who says no, because 
they're like, oh, you know, we can't do that because of it. And there's a million reasons why you can't do anything in technology, right? Um, sure. Starting with the fact that it hasn't been done before or I don't know how to do it. Uh, but if you just, there's just the, the people that I've had the greatest experiences working with as, uh, as, as developers are those who say, yeah, like let's, let's figure that out. And yes, you know, here's some questions we have or problems we may run into, but let's, let's, let's jump in. Let's, yes, we can find a way. And cause it's just an attitude. And sometimes you can't find a way that's scalable, but you, in the process, you learn something. Um, and so I think that's, that's a very important attribute to bring to, you know, a creative project. If you want to do something new. Absolutely. You know what? I couldn't be happier with that answer. And, and here's why. Uh, the title of the book is Hacking the Impossible. And the, <laughs> the reason I decided to title it that was because uh, the word impossible is so misused so often in this industry. Uh, we say something is impossible, but if we really thought about the reality of that word, very often that's not true. In fact, almost never is that true. Uh, impossible means that it quite literally could never happen in any scenario, right? Mm -hmm. uh, impractical may be a, a useful word, but more often the useful word is yes, right? It, the more often the useful word is, uh, to, is to look at uh, what somebody's presenting to you, and instead of immediately, uh, I call it, I call it dream squashing. Instead of coming to the table, uh, uh, here's the, here's the story behind dream squasher. I, mm -hmm. I tell people in the book to not be a dream squasher. I was I was working uh, at our agency at, here at Whiteboard in Chattanooga, and I walked in to a meeting, and I was sitting at the table, and I remember just kind of ripping apart this proposal that was on the table saying it's, it, mm. we can't do it because of this and this and this. And what did you think about this thing? And did you think about this? Of course you didn't, we can't do it. And that's just kind of par for the course for so many developers. And one of our more visionary types at the table looked at me and said, you know what? You're like the dream squasher. And I, I'll <laughs> never forget that moment because I realized how true that was that all of the momentum, all of the uh, creative energy behind this project is kind of just completely squashed when, when somebody walks in the room and, and gives you all the reasons why it's not going to work. Nobody wants to be a dream squasher, right? <laughs> Nobody does. Or work with one for that matter. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to take a, uh, a quick sponsor break and then we're, we're going to talk about one more thing. You've probably heard of QuickBooks, and you might even use QuickBooks every day in your small business. But did you know that QuickBooks has an API? Intuit has built the API with developers in mind using standards like OpenID, OAuth, and REST API calls. And with millions of businesses already using QuickBooks, you've got a customer base that's ready to use your app. And you can even publish your app on apps.com. Intuit's application marketplace built specifically for QuickBooks users. And here's the best part of the QuickBooks API and apps.com. It's all free. Intuit doesn't take a royalty share from the applications that you publish. You can get up and running in just a few minutes using the Developer Sandbox and the API Explorer. Just go to developer.intuit.com today to get started. There will also be a link in the show notes to let Intuit know that you're a Developer T listener, which is a huge help to the show. Check it out in the show notes on developertea.com. All right. So, Scott, um, thank you again for being on the show. You offer so much value uh, to the listeners of Developer Tea. 
uh, into me personally in my life. Like I said, um, I'm going to be doing a giveaway of Manage Your Day-to-Day, published by 99U. A fantastic book. I read it in a day, I think. It's like one of those books that you can sit down and read in a day, but you should read it like once a year, really. It's in a lot of ways, it's, uh, it's very uh, proverbial. Um, so I'm going to do that giveaway. Anybody who shares this episode on Twitter, uh, you will be eligible for that giveaway. So make sure you share this episode on Twitter uh, and mention Scott. I think you have a Twitter, right, Scott? I do. <laughs> what is your Twitter name? It's just at Scott Belsky. Well, there you go. All of the all of the good Twitter names are either at Scott Belsky or the real Scott Belsky, one or the other. <laughs> awesome. So uh, one more question that I have for you, um, you know, your credentials and your titles and your experience, they all speak for themselves. Uh, I most likely have already told the listeners some of those in the intro to this show. Um, so my question that I have for you, you've you've been interviewed probably countless times. Uh, what would you prefer for people to ask you uh, and kind of flipping the interview on on its head here? Um, what do people not ask you that they that you wish they asked you more often as an entrepreneur, you mean, or sure. Well, in, in any a, in any uh, scenario, you mean just like in, in an interview specifically? Oh, in an in interview specifically. That's a good question. Uh, I feel like I, I get asked so many different things, and uh, I think I think one of the questions is, you know, what are you what are you most proud of? Um, because you know, you, you know that sense of pride you can get sometimes, where you're almost like teary eyed because you're so like proud of something, um, and it's like you know it, it like moves you, you know, just like gosh, like what an accomplishment! Like to me, it's always been people's careers. You know, it's always been uh, sitting with people that you know I may have hired out of college or hired into a role and they've evolved into a completely different role. Like it's those moments or milestones is probably a better word where like you're just so you're like, wow, this is why I do this. You know, this is why I built a team. This is why I care about the team. You know, and it, uh, to to build these sorts of you know, when you're building something, you're building careers. And that's also an important message to, you know, your listeners is, do you want to be in the business of management or not? Because, you know, there are a lot of, you know, great, great people on my team, designers and developers who, you know, had the opportunity to step into a management role, but were more fired up by just getting in there and solving problems and building a product versus, you know, stewarding people's careers. You really have to be into it. And enjoy it in order to invest and succeed in it. Uh, but it's just, it is something I feel like when I say, when I think about what am I most proud of with the hands, it's really the people, um, you know, who we've become, you know, uh, is, is, is something that I often think is, is overlooked. Yeah, that's great. I'd, I'd love to hear a story about, uh, about one of those people. If, if you're interested in telling one of those stories that you are proud of, I think I'd love to hear it. And it'd be a huge inspiration uh, for, for me and for the listeners of the show. You know, it's like, I think that there, um, you know, there's certainly, you know, there's one developer on our team who joined in the very, very early days who, you know, code, coded uh, websites in his dorm room to get through college and you know, kind of came on board, and when we interviewed him, as one of our early tech hires, we we showed him some of the things we wanted to do, and he looked at he looked at the network, which was one of the one of the ideas we had at the time, 
And he was like, oh, yeah, like, that would be like a month or so. Because um, he obviously had no idea what he was in for, but he had such like, a positive attitude and had, you know, in his experience, was just always able to do what he had his mind set to. He just could accomplish it. And so that attitude, which we obviously realized was naive, like he didn't realize how dense this product would be, uh, clearly, but it was so positive. Um, and so brought him on board. Obviously, it was a rude awakening probably three days into the job when we realized how big of a you know, challenge we had in front of ourselves. But, um, you know, seeing him then evolve into having not many, you know, good kind of coding practices to now being, being the person who, like, leads code practices on our team and, you know, is a stickler for process and improving the way that we work, um, you know, that, that sort of that journey um, that, that, you know, he's gone through over seven plus years and now, you know, the fact that he leads a team and he's an admired person in our company, you know, and in our, in our industry, you know, it's, it's just, it's a real, it's exciting to see that. And that's, that's, that's what I mean. Absolutely. That's, that's such a good story. And I think that there are a lot of people who are listening to this, uh, to this episode now who may be early in their careers and you have a lot of options of how your career will go, uh, especially early in your career. You start paving the road for how you will react. And if you take anything away from this episode, uh, one thing that I really hope you take away is that a positive, uh, a positive attitude about anything is almost always better than a negative attitude. There are very few times when a negative attitude will serve you well at all. Uh, And that's not just for developers, that's for anyone. But I think developers have a tendency uh, to fall to positive or uh, to negative attitudes uh, because we have a different knowledge set. We have uh, the ability to see when people are unfortunately maybe naive or they don't understand the intricacies that we might understand. And it's our job not only to understand those intricacies, but also to work in them and to make things that previously weren't possible, possible, yeah. uh, and to make things come to life like Behance. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I think that is what's required. Absolutely. So there's one last question I like to ask all of my guests. Uh, if you had just 30 seconds to talk to uh, either a new developer or a developer who is well into their career and give them a piece of advice uh, moving forward, what would you say to them? Well, I would, uh, I would, I think everyone needs to, you know, invest themselves in something that they are really fascinated by. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and because a labor of love always pays off. You know, it doesn't necessarily pay off in the way that you think. Um, and uh, but what really is a bad idea is to take a job very early in your career that is just you know paying a few thousand dollars more than the other opportunity that is truly the overlap of your genuine interests and your skills and you know, the opportunities that present themselves. You you really want to work in that overlap of those three things, and you want to make sure that you don't. Um, yeah, that you don't think short-term. You know, long-term greed is the path towards a you know, successful career and, uh, and you know, financial return, which means you know, being in for the long-term, having loyalty to your team, doing something that you are genuinely interested in. You know, those are the things that I encourage people to think about as they're navigating their career. Great, great. 
Awesome. Very good advice. Thank you so much, Scott, for being on the show. Pleasure. Thanks, Jonathan. And thank you for listening to this episode of Developer Tea with Scott Belsky. And make sure you follow Developer Tea on Twitter. That's at Developer Tea. Uh, if you have any feedback, that is a good place to send it. But you can also send it to me directly at developertea at gmail.com. Remember, you can share this episode on Twitter and mention at Scott Belsky in order to be eligible to win a copy of Managing Your Day-to-Day an incredible book full of insights published by 99U. Thank you so much for listening to Developer Tea, and until next time, enjoy your tea.